Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Uh, To preface this thing a little bit, I don't want to, and I'm not trying to give you a history lesson tonight, but I think we need to know why we are where we are. Uh, And and look, I don't... uh, I'm not blaming my uh, uh, parents or the the generation before them. It's just what transpired in our leadership and our land. I know, and it started way back, or way back. It started when I was, actually, I was just a baby. And so uh, things have have. It's been expedited at breakneck speed. I mean, things are... Listen, in the last 10 years, in the last 10 years, things in this nation have went crazy. And I'm, I'm going to start again in Matthew 12, and, 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 and uh, I'll need to read 43 through 45. And you all know that I, I've got... I got this thought that I just couldn't get away from it out of the, the book that I read, Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn. And uh, he, he knows things, he's, he's a Messianic Jew, so he, know, he, he understands the languages better than I ever will. And so it's, it's like the fellow Randy was speaking of this morning that said he could show you the rapture through the Old Testament. And uh, I've seen it a few places in there myself. So in Matthew 12 and verse 43, let me read this. I'm just going to share some stuff with you tonight. I hope this sparks your interest. And then maybe next week I'll get into the, the three false gods. Understand, I said this last week, the gods are false. They're just made, they're handmade. They're made by men's hands. But the spirits that is attached to them are very much real, very much real. We are so carnally minded and hang to the natural realm so much that I think we miss a lot of the the spiritual things and and, and, and most certainly are ignorant to a lot of them uh, of what's going on around us. And so Matthew 12, verse 43, are you there? Say amen. When the unclean spirit is gone out of now, hold on. Let me let me. Jesus is 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 using this uh, as an illustration. So when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest, findeth none. Then he saith, "I will return unto my house from whence I came out." And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. I think we can see this historically. And they enter in and dwell there and the last state of that man is worse than the first. This is the part I'd always missed. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked Generation, Father, I love you. I thank you for the night, the great spirit, the songs, 
the liberty, Lord, that we have here to worship in your house. Use me for a little while. Fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Help me to be accurate in Scripture. And God, share the, the things we've studied this afternoon. Let it warn us as God's people. But God, let us stand on your assurance that if you be for us, who can be against us? I'll praise you for all you do. Ask it in my King's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. As I'm studying for this, I'm thinking, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here tonight. No offense, Deborah, wherever she went. But uh, uh, I, I, I want to end on a positive note. Try to end on positive. The gospel is positive. There's a lot of negative things going on, but I'm telling you, the gospel is positive. And if you can't find something positive in this, we need to hang it up. Now we reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Two out of the three is tough. But there's, there's, we gotta be able to exhort, encourage the brethren with the word of God. Now, it should do just the opposite for lost people. It should convict, condemn, see they're under the condemnation of God, see they need the Lord, see that they, this world, this world for them's as good as it's ever gonna be, and it's not real good. Now, as I said last week, I, I, I want to just, he used this word generation here, and I didn't understand it until I looked it up, and it does. It can mean nations. So it's wicked, wicked nations or wicked generations, and it is, it is this. It, uh, it, it, he, could we apply that to them in that day? Sure. Because, let's just face it. Now, I, don't take me wrong, I'm for Israel. I'm grafted in. They don't know I'm part of them, but I am. But I'm in there. I'm grafted in, praise God. I was the wild olive branch. And he grafted me right into the real thing. Here I am. And, and nobody can do anything, but I'm just gonna tell you, Israel, Israel has turned its back on the Lord. They just have. There, there, there's no, and if they say we're abiding by the, by, the, by the Mosaic law, then they're not telling the truth. There's no temple. There's no sacrifice. Now, they've got one they say prepared and ready to go, and they've got the, the Levites. They've got the red heifer. I talked on that just a little while back. They've got it ready. They're going to purify these men. They're going to offer sacrifice. Got to have a temple. Could he apply this in this day? Yes, he could. This is pre-Christian right here. Uh, Pre-Christian. They're under the law. Christ has not been sacrificed to please the Father. There's not been a resurrection. And there hadn't been Pentecost. The church hadn't been born yet. But all these things now, all these things have happened. When he gives this, it's pre-Christian. But post-Christian, how does a nation become possessed. I mean, let's think on the, the, the Roman emperor uh, Constantine. You know, he, 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 changed, he changed Roman law because uh, he saw the, in a vision, he saw the a cross and, and said, and it was in Latin, I couldn't, but here's what it said, said, Conquer under this sign. So he changed, Brother John, he changed all the, 
the emblems on his flags and put crosses on them, and then he just won the battles. So he accepted Christianity, but then you have the birth of Catholicism on down the road from that a little bit, and everything's, everything's, well, I'm saying this, it opened itself up to these spirits. And don't open yourself up. I'm talking nationally, nationally, we have opened ourselves up. And, and, and this nation, or the, all they got to do is read the real history books. You'll see, not the newly manufactured ones, that by the way, uh, 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 the Middle Eastern Muslim nations were financing a lot of the books that were being put, and they was leaving Christianity out, and guess who was showing up in the book? Muhammad. Imagine that. It's not hard to see where, it's, where the money's coming from. Follow the money. So here we have it. And in our nation, for the most part, it was set up, whether they like it or not, with, with Judaism uh, uh, background, the word of God, and it was set up. And some of you are old enough in here to know when it was mandated, mandatory Bible reading and prayer in your schools. Because that didn't change until 1962. So I want us to consider just two things tonight. And then next week, God help me. I'm going to have a little more time. And I don't want to, I don't want to rush it. I don't want to, I want to, I want to picture the three gods. You're going to see why we are where we are. But, but we're not there as Christians. But we, you'll see in our nation. And you got kids. You got young people. You're raising up in this stuff. I mean, I got a grandson. Well, I blessed the other day, though. We went to Cracker Barrel and eat. It was Branch's birthday. We went to Cracker Barrel and eat, and they had this crystal cross in there. It's all lit up, and it's real pretty. I said, Colin, what's that? He said, that's a cross, Pa. I said, who died on the cross? He said, Jesus died on the cross, Pa. I like to kick the stand over. That's right. He's four years old. And he don't know much, but he knows this. Jesus died on the cross. By the way, that's the first words he heard me speak to him in the hospital when I took my turn last. And they said, do you want to hold him? I said, has everybody else held him? They said, yeah. I said, let me have him. And I walked over to the window and looked out the window. And I said, Colin, boy, let me tell you what happened on the cross. I didn't do that with my own son, but I got to do it with my grandson. See the faithfulness of God. See how good God is, how faithful he is. Praise God. Hey, he never gave up on me. Two things tonight. One is the invitation to possession. An invitation to be possessed. That's what, that's what our nation has done in the past, and look, they done it ignorantly. They done it ignorantly, Dennis. They're trying to follow the law, and they decide, a Supreme Court decides, who is very liberal at that time, by the way, that it was unconstitutional in 1962. They said it was unconstitutional to have mandated prayer in public school. 
When some of the first public school, I'll say the word wrong, primer, is that right, Marsha, primer? Old reading books they had was full of scripture. That's how they learned to read. And the schoolhouse and the church house shared the same building. Get back. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. We blame this, and I've been guilty of it, and I've found out a little different this afternoon. We blame this on Madeline O'Hare. She just, she just sucked up the uh, 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 popularity of it, and when they accused her of it, she took it and run with it and started the American Atheist Association. But really, it was in 1962 in, in Maryland, and it was another lawsuit that the Supreme Court had to see. But then in 63, Madeline O'Hare come and said, hey, not just prayer, but Bible reading. We want Bible reading taken out of school. You know what that is? That's an invitation to possession. When you remove the word of God, I, I had statistics this long this afternoon that I bored you to death with them. But if you want to see the digression in public school from the 60s to where we're at today, it is, it's bad. So what, what was their great, what was their great problem here? Here's how it starts. You can read it if you want to. Go with me to Judges 2, Judges chapter 2, and, and we'll, we'll see something right here. And, and by the way, we learned this in Sunday school this morning, Brother Donnie teaching, that, uh, that God gave Israel this land a long time ago, about 1,500 years before Jesus. Now, all the guys I've seen talking about Israel and this, this strip of land, they said it just goes back uh, in a, a few hundred years. I said, whoa, you boys way off. How about 3,500 years? That's when the Lord said, "This is your, I'm giving this to you, Abraham. It's yours and your seed. Uh, so here, but they, they were, they got in trouble after this. After that, Judges 2 and verse number 8. Let's go to 8. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died. Being 110 years old. There you go, Brother Branch. He was talking about that this morning, how it was diminished in number. Now he's even shorter than Moses. 110, he's out. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Tenath Harris in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gash. And also all that generation were gathered under their father. And there arose another generation. After them, which knew not the Lord, nor the works which he had done for Israel. My point is this, it didn't take them long to forget. I think, I think in America, they'd forgotten about the great war. And how God had miraculously preserved this nation. 
with the world. I mean, one battle after another, they come through. We forgot. That's the invitation to possession is forgetting the word of God. Because when you're reading that every day in school and you got a school teacher, whether they believe it or not, it's still the word of God. And at the time that prayer was mandated, they prayed all through grade school. Until I, 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 I was in the seventh grade and went to Pleasant Hill and all we done out there is fight. They didn't pray, read the Bible, do nothing. Fight or die, that's the way it was at Pleasant Hill. I hope it's changed. And they pushed it out. They pushed it out. So from 1963, look here, we're not very far down the road within my lifetime. And this thing's gone haywire. The Bible, Paul's pretty, very plain when he said this, give no place to the devil. And when you found the house swept and garnished, when they begin to expel the word of God from this land, and I know this isn't popular preaching to the, but I'm not preaching to the heathen tonight, they won't take this. When they expel the word of God, no prayer, no, no mandated prayer, no mandated Bible reading, out the door, in the early 60s, and from there, it's been a, 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 a digress. Now, we see them, they just forgot the word of God. And when you forget the word of God, then you forsake the will of God. I, I, I mean, how do you know the will of God unless you know the word of God? And when they expel the word of God, they don't know what the will of God is. They don't even believe God exists. I caught two, two, two statistical numbers here that in the, from the late 60s, after, from the late 60s when those children was grown up and into the 70s, now they're married, they're the marrying age, they're old enough to be married and they begin to marry, they begin to have families but by the 1970s, they've not, hey, look here. You know what they've done? They forgot. They forgot. And you know what happened? So they didn't bring their kids to church. And so the kids were ignorant to the word of God, forgot the word. They never knew the word. The parents may have known the word. They forgot the word. And I'm speaking nationally here. Listen to me. Divorce went up 568%. Five hundred sixty-eight percent. That's pretty high number. The academics plummeted. You know, you know who's excelling at an academic rate that was comparable to the sixties is only uh, private Christian schools, and they're on the same level. I liked what this one guy said. He said, "Math didn't change." Economics didn't change. English didn't change. Nothing. History didn't change. They can tear down all the statues they want to. But I'm going to tell you, let's hear. We ought to learn from our mistakes. I say leave them up. Amen. Now that changed. You know what changed? The word of God. You know what to get in a private Christian school? 
the word of God. And you know who the top, I forget, 29, 39% of people that are coming out and, and with, with, with the better numbers are all out of, compared to the uh, public schools, private Christian schools. One fellow said, I sent my son to college. He come back, tell me there weren't no God. And I paid him to do it. You know why? Because they expelled him from the campuses. And they don't want nothing to do with him. You're going to find out. Now get on these other gods. I'm going to tell you, it's going to ring your bell. That's why. That's why. You'll find, if that state didn't judge you there, you'll find that Balaam is who they begin to worship. And Ashtoreth, who is Ishtar, and we'll get into her. She's our problem right now. And it's a he-she spirit, and it's very prominent in American culture. So we see him forgetting the word of God leads to forsaking the will of God. We see that, that trouble, things that's just not the will of God is what's begin to be transpired throughout our land. And then we see them. We see it failing in the work of God. The failing of the work. Now that's, that's a little bit to do with us as the body of Christ. Because while, while the devil, while the devil was seven times worse, there were seven times worse when they come back and possessed, uh, we kind of got on easy street. I mean, there's, I was speaking with someone today, Tony, was talking about revival. And he said, man, three days will do you in. Yeah, that's about what, Monday through Wednesday. You know why? Because they ball games on Thursday and Friday. Let's just get real about it. Yeah. And so we fail in the work. You know what that is? That's an invitation to possession. I'm just going to tell you. I'm not looking to make anybody mad. But there's a city ordinance here when I was a boy. They couldn't turn the ball field lights on on Wednesday night. Yes, sir. And certainly not on a Sunday. You did not have the lights on on Wednesday night and Sunday. That don't matter. Oh, really? You know what invitation to possession leads to, Brother Junior? Here's what God gave me this afternoon. It's inevitable possession. When you invite it, it's inevitable, but it's going to happen. Now, these spirits, these spirits are, they knew not, the devil's been doing what he's done a long time. And when he come in, I'll ask you a question tonight. This is class participation. When the devil came into the garden and there was Eve, what did he do? Run up to her and said, oh, you're stupid for following God. No. He said, hey, can't you eat? Can't you eat of the, every tree in the garden? 
Oh, yeah, we can except one tree. Huh. And then he, wants, he questions. That's what he does. That's what the professors in the college does. I know. Talk to my son about it. They question your belief. Question. Say, so you can't prove it. You can't prove it. You can't prove it. I say, here's what I tell him. You can't prove gravity either, bucko, but get on top of the building, I dare you, and jump off. You've never touched gravity. You've never seen gravity. You can't prove gravity unless you get on top of this building and jump off. What you think about that? Yeah. He'll fall and hit the ground, is what he'll do. Just because you can't naturally prove it doesn't mean it exists. The Bible's full of things that we've not seen. But the, the, the possession is inevitable when we give it an invitation for it to come. And we've given an invitation in our land. Big time. And nationally, nationally, these spirits are at work. I'd, somebody watch this on, I probably get red faces and thumbs down on this. I really don't care. It's just the truth. Now, now, watch me go out on a limb here and saw it off. But the people that have fallen victim to this doesn't mean that we have the right to put them on an island and set them on fire or do something like that. It's not what Jesus done. It's not what, when they's killing him, he just said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's what Stephen done. We got no right, we got no right to say, just kill them all and get them out of the way. No, praise God. When, I, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. We didn't start out like this. And look, we've given plenty of opportunity for the devil to work with us even after we've been saved. Amen. We've not always fitly spoke that word. We've not always done that thing we knew we needed to do. I'm saying we can fail in the work as well. But nationally, I'm afraid we've given invitation to demonic possession. And it was inevitable that possession happened. When Jesus fought the devil, what did he fight him with? He said, you took the words out of my mouth. It is written. That's what he said. That's how we battle. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, even dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. And of the joints and the marrow, that's about as deep as you can get. And as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, I'm telling you, the word of God is our weapon. I want to read you something. This is on the, so I pull up. I'm on the computer when I finally got it to work today. It needed to, I have trouble with computers. And so it finally, I finally got it on. And it, I pulled up this page. It's, it's not, it's uh, somebody with, that's smarter than I. Uh, who is the MSN News Network? What does that stand for? Does anybody know? I don't know. It, huh? Mainstream media. Is that what it is? Okay. MSN. Front page, boom, on the front. 
crumbling pillars, 21 shortcomings of Christianity's ethical and moral framework. Front page news. I read this. This this afternoon. I thought, well, inevitable possession. I read this. Here's what they said. Christianity's got too many problems. One is that that book was written by man. And they said, they said, here's another thing they said about it. It has too many contradictions and errors in it that people can, they just can't trust it. Talk about the pillars crumbling. Now I'm about to end on a positive note. I thought, they don't know the same Jesus I know. They don't know, the, they don't read the same book I read. No telling what perversion they're reading. I've not found a contradiction in it and I've been reading it 30 years all my life, really, but studying it for 30 years. I've not found a contradiction in it. I've found him true to every promise. I've found this, that when I got in places that I needed help, that Bible told me to pray without ceasing. And when I began to call on the Lord, he heard my prayer. He answered my prayer. He answered a 100 prayers today for me. I'd give them my best Archie Bunker and go. <laughs> That's what I think about them. And I'd like to ask them, let's go back to the mid-60s when I was a boy, Dennis, running around Ernie's house down there on Potato Farm, riding bicycles and staying out in the dark catching bugs and snakes and frogs and lightning bugs and climbing trees and getting skeeter bit and trying to, mom would say, watch for snakes. Praise God, I never did get bit. I'd like to go back to that day. When I was a barefooted boy and daddy gave me 25 cents tell me to walk up the road to Richard Taylor's old store up there and get a gallon of gas, 25 cents nearly filled a gallon jug up. Take off up the side of the road, not think a thing about it. They didn't worry about me getting up there. Mom would say, when the car comes, get out of the road. Didn't have to worry about nobody stopping, picking me up, carrying me off somewhere. How about them days when we didn't know where the house, where the door to the house, the door key was to the house? We didn't know where it was. Dad say, don't lock the door. Don't have a key. When I moved to Mobile, Alabama, Pat, 1979, it took me forever to start taking the keys out of my car. I'd jump out and leave a minute. Them boys would say, Mac, Mac, get the keys. They won't be there when we get back. Get the keys. Go back to a day when your neighbors, when there's something wrong. Go back to a day when you had a shotgun in your truck at high school in the window cause you might go squirrel hunting when you got out of school. We'd never have thought of shooting anybody. Everybody had a pocket knife. We'd play stretch and spear them on purpose. What happened? An invitation to possession. And you don't think these spirits are working? Friend, you've bumped your head. I know Lady Liberty stands out there 
and says, give us your broken, bring them in. We'll take them, we'll help them. But it's been an invitation to the wrong things. And they come in. So I don't believe all that stuff, preacher. You wait five years. It don't matter who wins the election. I'm just going to tell you, it won't make no difference who wins this election. Because, look here, this thing's too far gone to turn around. You better know it is. You better know it. I'm not just blowing smoke up here today. Listen, when you see, keep your eye on Israel. Just look at it. And when you see, hear of wars and rumors of wars, oh, we've seen that. And when you hear of pestilence, global pestilence, COVID, we're here. All we got to do, all we got to do, keep our eye and our hearts turned toward that book. Don't forget the word. Work the perfect wheel. Listen, don't forsake the work. Do the work of the Lord. If there's ever been a time that we need to be busy, this is a good Sunday night crowd. I'm going to tell you, yo, I can count on that hand and probably lose a number or two how many churches, big churches, have this many people on, on a Sunday night. Brother Randall told us, said, no, it's brother. John told us, pray for the church he used to attend in Ohio. said, Going down. I don't know how many's quit having Sunday night service. I'm telling you, when you stop, when you turn the lights out, you're out of business. Amen. Turn the lights off. Closed for business. Amen. Going down. That's an invitation. We're still inviting it in. I'm trying to train my kids up in this place. You kids stand tough. I'm telling you, you stand tough for God. Don't you back down. Don't do it. Don't do it because they're going to call you names. They're going to do all kinds of things to you. Don't you back up. Don't you give that place to the devil. Don't you give an invitation. No, praise God, you raise the mark. Raise the bar. Don't, don't back up. Don't slow down. You bring them. You know who, who does it? When I, was four, when I was 15 years old, they had some problems down at Uncle Isle's church. Mom and dad got mad, or daddy did, wasn't mom. Got mad, they quit. And you know what happened when the parents quit and you're 15 years old? You quit. You quit. Lyle already had me up front of the church opening up service. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. God was working on me way back then, 15 years old. I would not heed what God, and I got in trouble. And it didn't take me long to do it. You hear me, kids. You can be in trouble. In, in, in a week's time, you can get in more trouble in a week than you can get out of in two years. Don't give an invitation. Don't do it. Just stand fast. Stand fast. Stand fast on that. Next week, it be the will of God. I'm going to start out with Balaam, the master, the chief. of. He was the chief deity that they had problems with. Baal, Baal. Chief deity. I'm going to try to start out with him. Next Sunday night. And I just, I just want you to see. I just want you to see, if you agree with your pastor, that there's no wonder that you see these things in operation right now. And we used to say this, in the big city. 
Yeah, just don't go to the big city. That's where I'll... No, I'm talking about Crossville, Tennessee. You don't have to go to the big city. Yes, sir. He's hard at work right here. Three weeks from now is when I'll do it. Thank you, Pat. We got pastor appreciation next week. And then where am I at? Oh, and then communion after that. So three, I've got plenty of time to study. We won't even have special singing that night. I'll come in in an hour and a half, give it to you, on bail. Thank you, Pat. I forgot about, I'd have noticed it when I read the notes, wouldn't I? Hmm. She said no, I wouldn't have caught it then either. I've got them here, two pages of them. We're going to stand our feet. You might have somebody you need to pray for. Tonight you might need to pray yourself. There may be somebody real close to you that you know has given invitation to this thing. And they're in a bad way. And all we can do is pray. And you watch God. You watch God. Praise God that prayer still works. He's still working. He's still answering. He's still listening. (laughs) He's still God. He's still on the draw. If you need to pray, you're welcome to come. Father, I love you. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.